988 is a new mental health and suicide prevention line that has been rolled out across Canada. The line will connect people who are experiencing thoughts of suicide to their local suicide prevention lines, and it makes it easier for areas that don't currently have a distress line. The line is to help people who are in crisis but does not replace 911, which still should be called if someone's in danger or trying to actively harm themselves. The Center for Mental Health and Addiction was tasked for creating the 988 line and to work with local mental health organizations to help them set up the technology to implement the line in their area. Dr. Allison Crawford leads the 988 team. Uh, hi, Allison. You have been the driving force kind of behind the uh, opening and the launch of, of uh, the 988 number, the suicide prevention number. How did that come about? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, first of all, I have to acknowledge there is a tremendous team. Like it's really not a, obviously a one person endeavor. So there's our team at ChemH and then many, many people across Canada. But, um, and I have kind of a the, the official story and also a personal story of, of what motivated me personally, but um, the, the kind of a, a more official team-based story is that we, so we were already operating Talk Suicide Canada which is a similar networked approach to um, having a suicide prevention line that's accessible across the country. And we were operating that for almost two years before 988. And I understand uh, that the federal government, the CRTC did um, a survey of, of what should happen with, with some sort of a national line. And this is what really impressed me was my understanding is that it was around March 2022 that they said, okay, do it. It needs to be done. And you launched in November 2023. That's a really fast track development for something of of this, uh, the technology that is needed to push this out through the country. Yes. I mean, it, it really was very fast paced. Um, you know, some people can look back and say, oh, why did it take so long? But I, I'm more in your, uh, I appraise it the way that you just did, which is that it was a feat of a lot of people working together. So we, we got the official green light from the CRTC in August, 2022, launched in November, 2023. So in just a little, uh, in around a year, we launched um, 988. I know in the US, not not to brag for Canada, but uh, I know in the US, it took them four years to launch the same service. So tell me how it works, because when I first started, uh, sorry, when I first heard about 988, um, and it was just kind of like in its infancy, I was really, really skeptical about bringing on yet another three-digit emergency number and and whether people would really be able to you know internalize that and say oh, okay you know here's my situation i should call 988 versus 911 do you see that as a as a complication for people because we're talking about people who are on the verge of um of dying by suicide and many times some of them are just on the verge of such a helpless situation how were they supposed to remember, oh, I should call 988 and not 911? Yeah, so I think you touched on some really key issues. And sometimes that, um, you know, there's some tension between those issues in the sense it's better than a 10-digit number. <laughs> so that was that really is true. our goal. We, you know, we had a 10-digit number. 
Um, many, many people used it, but we really wanted to decrease the barrier to accessing that. As you say, in a crisis, a three-digit number is extremely helpful. At the same time, I think we're going to have to do more and more public communication so that people do understand that 988 is there and what differentiates it from 911, but also 211, uh, which is available in most areas of, of Canada. Um, but I think that once once that is in the public consciousness, I think that that on balance is going to be better than than not having it. Well, and you talked about nine digit numbers, and this sort of brings me to the local level of um, suicide prevention. Can you walk me through what happens if I call 988? Yes. So, and of course, multiple things are happening at the same point when you call or text 988, but I'll take from the point of view of someone calling or texting, you you, re, you get a message letting you know that you've landed in the right place at 988, and then you have a couple of options. So all of the services are available in English or French. So that's the first option. Uh, and then from that point, there are two more options on the phone. One is if you're First Nations, Inuit, and Métis and would like an Indigenous-specific service. The other is if you're 18 years and younger. So this all happens quite quickly. And then you're rooted in terms of geography. So you're rooted as close to home as possible because this is really one principle that has been so important to us is to keep that community-based approach to providing suicide prevention services. It's very meaningful to people to be served in their communities and for people to be involved in in suicide prevention. So this is a network service. There are at present almost 40 um, service providers and, and that number will grow and they're located all across the country. So you you get service as close to home as possible. So you're sort of the, the start of pushing out to a network. So for example, uh, in Niagara, or if I'm in Ottawa, or I'm in London, um, North Bay, wherever it is, I call 988. And then it's sort of like a bit of a triage system there, um, but you're not providing counseling. You're just trying to figure out what the what the issue is and then directing them to their particular local for the actual, you know, talk and support and, and decisions and, and, uh, and uh, um, you know, generally help. From oh, you local. know what? I'm really glad you asked that clarifying question because I, I realized there's there's so much to describe, but that what I described was the technology. So actually as a caller or texter, no, you won't, it's not triage. You the, the technology will take you to a responder as close to home. So that in Niagara, you ideally would end up speaking, you'd call 988, you'd make those couple of choices that take seconds, and then you would speak to a live responder. You'd never get triaged or transferred or anything like that. You would end up speaking to the person that is part of our network to receive the 988 service. Okay, so that's that's quite interesting. And that really is, I think, a differentiator for people who are calling 988. Yes. Because the last thing you want to do, um, if you are feeling suicidal or you're you're so stressed out you you don't and don't know what to do and you need to reach out you don't want to have to go through a bunch of questions and then oh okay we'll transfer you I'm almost thinking of the old right. style you know where it's well like transfer you now and yeah and then they <laughs> yes. plug into another place 
So you don't have to go through that because that can be very difficult. And so literally, I call you now, how do you know to root me to my particular um, distress line? So this is where we're very fortunate with the way technology has advanced. The technology does it. So it's a, the technology knows, um, can identify what area code you're calling from, and then you get rooted that way. Having said that, there are also some really important national partners who take calls from across the country. So I mentioned if you are First Nations Inuit or Métis and you make that choice, at this point, Hope for Wellness, which is a national, um, uh, another national distress center that's part of our network, they will answer. And if you're under 18, you'll still get service as close to home. But we also have national providers uh, like Kids Help Phone who are are involved. So there are a lot of people working together. So fortunately, it's technology helping us to coordinate all of that. That brings me to a privacy question. Mm-hmm. Because there has been some discussion about 988 and privacy, and there has to be some sort of collection or identification of someone's phone, phone number. And then, you know, they could potentially be identified through their phone number. And privacy is ex- exceptionally important for someone who's mm-hmm. calling in mm-hmm. for a mental health situation that's that severe. And when I say that severe, that doesn't preclude people calling in who are not on the you know brink of of feeling um, mm-hmm. they want to die by suicide. It's it's mm-hmm. whatever level of mon- mental health crisis you feel you're in. Yeah. So um, first of all, privacy is so important to us as well. We have put a lot of thought into that. We've gone through a lot of privacy reviews. Uh, we we also so. When someone calls, we only ask them for the information that's necessary to deal with their, you know, what what they're bringing to that responder in that moment. And people can choose to give or not give whatever information they want. Um, and the responder is very trained to work with that person to try to manage the distress in the moment and uh, has tools to help them do that. And the the whole process is meant to be very collaborative. If someone, though, is about to die imminently or, you know, is a risk, there's a risk to someone else and all of that collaboration doesn't work, we do have um, the ability to locate people through their phone number in collaboration. We actually don't do it if unless they've shared their phone number. Um, we we work with Northern 911 uh, to locate people because we also believe it's important to save lives. When, and when people call the service, they're told the terms of the service. So people are aware that calls are, for example, calls are recorded um, so that we can make sure the quality remains high so we can address any concerns. Um, and, you know, people also know that we, we, we do save lives. It's not an anonymous service, but it is a confidential service. We also never would share information um, and safeguard information within the network. Yeah, I'm a little bit, um, uh, I might feel a little bit uh, frightened and uncomfortable if I got that message. This call is being recorded for quality assurance purposes and for, you know, training and, and, uh, and service. 
I might feel a little uncomfortable if I got that message when I called a support line. Now, I have never asked in my local mm-hmm. support, for example, whether that is also a message that mm-hmm. goes out. Is that something that you really had to think about and decide whether it would be a very important message to start a call with and that you felt that people would not literally hang up? So we have committed, first of all, to monitoring whether this has an impact on people calling. There's a way to tell if people um, call and then hang up right after that message. It's called call abandonment. So we will absolutely be tracking that. We were very fortunate to learn from other places that have 988 that this is a standard of practice and has not seemed to deter um, the majority of people. At the same time, we know trust is an issue. Like this is a service that is going to have to, you know, win people's trust by being a confidential, supportive service that people feel they can rely on. Um, So in all of these decisions that we made, we had a pretty robust group of people, including many people with lived experience. And yes, this this was an issue that that had a lot of uh, conversation around it and a a commitment to reevaluate the impact of that. Who have you worked with to to get this online? Now, you mentioned there's about 40 local organizations involved. I know uh, here in Niagara, um, there's a lot of excitement and Mm -hmm. um, a real appreciation of how available CAMH was Mm -hmm. to help make these, again, technological connections that can be so, you know, sometimes so tenuous. Mm-hmm. Last thing you want is to have someone be halfway from 988 to their local number and the call drops. Absolutely. The technology and, and the reliant, reliability of that is so important. But I think, you know, the responders that answer the calls and the texts and these these almost 40 providers, they are they are the real heart of the service. Those are the people who know their communities well. And it's really only been through partnership with all of them that that this this is meaningful and that it's that it's uh, working. Um, so though we engaged with so every province and territory, there are, are has been involvement of every province and territory in Canada, and and many many providers who were already providing this this kind of a service who joined the network. Um, so it's pretty widespread. Uh, or broad engagement. I know you've only been online for a little over a month. Do you have a sense of uh, how many calls you might get or how many calls have you already had in that six week, approximately six week period? So what, I mean, we didn't even know what the uh, we, we had some ideas based on the U.S. story, based on calls that we already received on Talk Suicide Canada. So we had different projection levels, small, medium, and large. <laughs> and uh, so far, we seem to be hitting between our medium and large projection. And the medium projection is about 700 calls, 700,000 calls per year, uh, calls and texts. So, um, you know, it's very, it's way too early to say, but uh, we seem to be kind of in in that mid-range ballpark that we um, anticipated and also very pleased to say, you know, it's early days, but the the ability to answer those calls and to 
answer that volume, it has been excellent. Do you have just a, when we um, talk about that number, 7,000 calls, we know that approximately 4,500 people uh, across the country die by suicide every year. So to put that into perspective, think about maybe, you know, a medium sized arena, hockey arena. Mm -hmm. And if you're at a game uh, or a concert or whatever it is in that arena, um, how many people? are there. Mm -hmm. And then you you can visualize the the just tragic number, um, 4,500 people. And then of course, there's all of the people who are related or or touched by by that. Mm -hmm. So we know that we can expand that dramatically. So 7,000 calls. Sorry, 700,000. Oh, oh, 700. Hundred hundred thousand. Oh, okay. So we're way, yeah, way, good. way. So what, what yeah. are you? What are you thinking uh, about the? I don't know how to put this. The the positive effect um, and the hope of reducing that number of people who who die by suicide. I mean, obviously, there is a lot of distress. We, you know, we hear about um, people share the level of their 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 distress, their, their struggles. Um, we know that that increased during the the pandemic, but even before that, it, it has increased across our communities uh, across the country over the last number of decades. So, I think it's a start. It's a it's a place that people can turn to. Uh, we have a particular focus on suicide prevention, but of course, no one will ever be turned away. And I think that that support can go a long way, if, in, if especially if someone is in crisis. And and every loss to suicide, as you say, is is a very tragic outcome that that we know can be prevented. So, you know, our hope is that at nine eight eight, that by connecting with people, that uh, suicide can be prevented. Do you have um, a broader scope that you're looking at? So you mentioned the, the sort of three um, streams that you have. So service in English, service in French, and then um, Indigenous services yes. going to the National Indigenous line. Yeah. But when you go on the 988 website, it also um, talks about some gender-specific yes. help. And yes. so how... How is that treated? Is a, is someone who, for, for example, who's transgender, and we know transgender people yes. are at very, very um, um, susceptible yes. to um, suicidal, and rightly so, to suicidal feelings. What is the gender-specific service that's offered? Yes. Yeah, so all of our responders, uh, all of the responders who work on 988, um, are trained to create a psychologically safe and culturally safe space, meaning people of really any identity. Um, and we know, we also know that some groups, not every individual within those groups, but some groups do have higher rates of suicide. Um, so that is training that people receive to be um, receptive to that, to, you know, be looking for, you know, in, in the first thing that responders do is they want to hear that person's story. Their, their experience and every that's why every every call every text in 988 is unique because people's experiences are unique but as part of that um, the responders are also listening for uh, 
things that may be shaping that person's experience or may be of concern to them. And they are aware of those of those groups and the kinds of situations and stressors that people can experience. So that's the general approach to any identity and intersectional identities on 988. Uh, we do have um, people with lived experience who have contributed to designing the service. And we also have um, responders have resources to refer people to. So it's not a specific um, line or specific service, but an overall approach. And and so um, because you're because you're re- kind of redirecting, I don't even know how to describe that because <laughs> because the 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 connection between nine eight eight and the local distress centers sort of becomes a little obviously because it's not a direct call. Um, but are are they're teaching? Uh, because CAMH is is a teaching hospital, a research hospital, and as well a, a place where people do get um, care. Mm-hmm. So you and I've talked to people from CAMH over the years, and and it's an amazing organization. So I'm not surprised at all that you were chosen to to do this because of the clinical experience that mm-hmm. you're bringing to this, as well as now the technology. Are you able to help uh, local distress centers, suicide prevention lines to understand better the service they can provide, the way they can speak to people, mm-hmm. the um, inter, like the, the um, cultural intersectionality, mm-hmm. as you said, and, and mm-hmm. gender, because there would be a lot of, of smaller centers, I would imagine, who, who don't have that, mm-hmm. quite have that understanding because we're, it's new what we're talking about. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, I mean, one thing the the line is not, um, I don't think this is what you're saying, but just to be clear for anyone listening, the line is not meant as a mental health navigation line. Um, I hopefully over, over time, this service, 988 service will become better integrated into all of the other mental health services that exist. Um, 211 is available for people in most places in Canada. If they, they need a referral or they want to know where to go to get service, but I think what you're talking about is like the expertise and that is yes, something sort of that, more of an educational kind of yeah. resource for, for local, yes. for local centers, and, local lines. And well, having been involved in this over the last few years, what I, what I, my experience is how much sharing goes on across the network. People have different kinds of expertise, you know, all of these um, partners that we have in the network, um, have a tremendous amount of expertise. And and CAMH also can contribute through those venues. We have a community of practice. So that is a kind of a virtual collaboration where we meet on a regular base and, basis and share information, share knowledge, share approaches to, um, you know, particular issues that arise on the line. And that's an opportunity where we've been able to share some of the, the latest evidence and then also hear you know what people's current practices are, so that that has that's a very important part of the service as well. Allison, thank you for being the driving force with this. I know you don't want to take any any you know responsibility, but but you were leading this um, initiative through CAMH, and uh, having talked to you, I think it's going to be a wonderful service that um, you know all of the local centers are going to try and get this out but not going to they will try and get this out so their communities know so um, I just want to thank you again as I always do when I talk to people 
um, from CAMH for the work that you do. Thank you so much, Janice, and for, you know, shining a light on, you know, mental health and um, how important that is.